if once put God first in his life or her life, God will honor that. He will open up a door for you or for us, right, to go into what we want, but his will. So you, you, what you need and what you want is different. What mm. we need, God will bless. But what we want, sometimes God will say that, okay, if this is good for you, then you have it. If not, you know, he will not give it to you. So I always believe that if we put God first and we love him and, and, and we are willing to serve him, and he's going to bless us abundantly. Welcome to the Hacker Podcast. My name is Greg Hackathorn. I hope you all are doing well. Last week, we introduced Stefan as the new co-host to the show, and we've gotten a lot of great feedback about that episode. Um, but he will not be with us for the next couple of weeks as we had a few of these episodes pre-recorded, and uh, he is also currently in the States visiting his family and friends. I know that's not fantastic timing introducing him, and then he's away the next few episodes, but... It is what it is, so you're just stuck with me today, well, as far as hosting goes, but we are blessed to have Brother Amin Lee as a guest on the podcast. He is the former general superintendent of GPSDI, or the United Pentecostal Church of Indonesia, and he is also the pastor of a wonderful church in Jakarta that I had the privilege of visiting a few years back. Not only all of that, but he also owns a successful company that produces furniture, so This is an amazing man who has a full plate and a tremendous leader, and we are blessed to have him with us today. I do need to mention that just before we started recording our conversation, there was a large thunderstorm in Jakarta that affected his internet connection, causing it to be a bit spotty here and there. It gave us a few headaches, but we were able to get it recorded, so uh, please bear with us on that. Before we get to the conversation, We have a five-star review that I would like to share with you all from the States. It reads, Great podcast. You couldn't ask for better content. Quality is awesome. Teachings are biblically sound. Guest interviews are really good. I enjoy listening while I work. Thanks for all you're doing. And that was from Hagen Lee, who is a fellow podcaster. He is the host of the Born Again podcast, and I'm grateful to him for reaching out, for listening, and leaving us that great review. Every rating and review helps the show reach more people. And I know I said this a couple weeks ago, but last week, again, we had our biggest week ever on the podcast. It continues to grow and it really is amazing to see. So thank you to all of you who are listening and sharing the show. One final thing, starting next week, we will be doing our best to make sure that every episode will be available in video as well as audio. So definitely next week there will be video accompanying the audio. This is going to require a bit more work on my end, on our end, uh, with Stefan. And there will be growing pains, but we are excited about being able to offer you video content as well. So uh, check that out. Check out our YouTube channel. Subscribe to it. There will be video along with the audio. Well, now that we have taken care of all that, thank you for sticking with me through all those announcements. Let's get to my conversation with Brother Amin Lee. Well, thank you for joining us today, Pastor Amin. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's my privilege to be here. It's great to have you on the podcast, and I'm really looking forward to 
having a chat with you and also for the listeners of the podcast to get to know you a bit more. I like to start out these conversations uh, by having the guests share a little bit about themselves, maybe you know where you come from, that sort of thing, just to give uh, the listeners a bit of an idea of where you're coming from and the sort of worldview that you have. So if you wouldn't mind sharing with us a, a little bit about your background. Okay, that would be great. I, I try to explain, uh, to share a little bit about my life. And I was brought out in a Buddhist family where my grandmother loved me indeed very much. So when I was a, a baby, I was dedicated to the temple. So I always believed that the Buddhist is the only God. So from my uh, young age until I was, uh, uh, you know, 21 years old, and I always believe in the, in the, my, uh, in the Buddhas that I worship. So uh, in the Chinese culture, you can dedicate your baby to the temple, to the Buddhist God, meaning that the Buddhist God will protect your kids. So I was one of them to be dedicated to the, to the Buddhist. So uh, from, uh, from the, the, the day that I was born until I was 21 years old, I, I was a very dedicated Buddhist. I always wow. believed there is no God but Buddha. So um, in my life, um, I also don't like Christian and I hate Christian because Christian always invite people to church. So all my background is not from Christian. And my uncle will say, don't go to church because the church people drink a wine, you know, and eat a lot of uh, a biscuit or whatsoever. They, he doesn't understand about the communion. So hmm. uh, I always have a very bad image. I, I'm not, I don't want to be associated, you know, a little bit associated with Christian. I always do not believe in Christianity. Until when I was 21 years old and I, I, I was studying in Newcastle University and my friend invited me to church. And I said, no, 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 you don't go to church because I will not follow you. You go to your church and I, I will pray to my God. But uh, during that time, I was a uh, very um, heavy problem, meaning that uh, my dad's business was not doing good. Mm. I was 20 years old, 21, and he nearly bankrupted. So wow. uh, mom always write a letter to me and say that, I mean, uh, daddy do not have money to send you a wire money to you and you have to you know to to help yourself and to find a job so i i did work i worked i worked through all all of the year and uh i worked very hard in a in a, a chinese restaurant of course as a waiters as a cleaner as a kitchen kitchen hand and this and was in this is in newcastle in, while you're at university yeah 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 even be, before I went to Newcastle University, I was in Sydney for about three months, and I got a job at King Cross. I don't know what's King Cross. The most important thing is I got a job. <laughs> so when I finish my, my work, when I go home, okay, you will never believe it. So many girls over there, and I was 19 years old, and I said, oh my goodness. And I, I was a poor boy, and I don't have money. I think I have only a $100 or $200, and mom said that, I don't have a lot of money. I buy you a ticket. When you arrive there, you have to find a job and you know support yourself. <laughs> so that's what I did. When I got a job, four dollars an hour. That is back in 1982. I was so happy. So I got a job as a kitchen hand at, at King Cross. You know, it was a very tough life. But I, when I look back, I know that God is good. So what happened is um, after that, and I, I, I went to Newcastle and studied there. And of course, I'm looking for a job at, at a restaurant. So I, I. I I did get a job, but yet my life is very empty. 
mm. and I was um, a very uh, kind of very negative uh, kid, you know, for the whole uh, year. I was in Newcastle. I was very negative. And then second year, my friends, when I was in second year, my friends came and moved me. We have a lot of Indonesian students that come into Newcastle University. So we have an Indonesian student community. And one of my friends invited me to church. So it was a Pentecostal church. So I, I say that, no, I am not really interested in your religions. I always believe my God. You worship your God and I worship my God. Don't kind of don't come and interfere and i'm happy with my god but he said no when you know jesus your life will be beautiful you have you're going to have a lot of blessing i say no so he he's kind of never give up with me and pray for me i believe and then uh, one day i was very depressed because my mom told me that that is going to bankrupt all the factory be, uh kind of uh you know taking away all said to uh, a banker or his friend. So I was very sad. And my dream, Brother Craig, is to graduate to have my degree. Yeah. And now all the dreams will never come true. So I was very sad. So that again, this this fellow always comes to me. Come this Sunday. I say I try to come. So I, I went with him to the church. The first time when I visited the church, oh my goodness, all people clap their hand. It's like our uh, Pentecostal of Sydney, mm-hmm. grab the hand, dancing, and then crying and worshiping. And then I thought that these crazy, you know, <laughs> crazy people, what are they doing? <laughs> where, where is their God? Because when I went to Tampa, you should go to Tampa to have a look apparently. So you can see a lot of big status, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of image there. But in the church, no image, no nothing. And this man cry and worship God and be happy. I don't know. But one thing I realized here, like the church in uh, Pentecostal Sydney, after the service, the people are very friendly. Mm. And as an Asian, so not many people hug you. So the boy, the man will hug the man and the girl will hug the girl. And I felt that, oh, how come that this guy do not know me and they want to hug me? So that's it. <laughs> but the fifth time when I went to church and the preacher preached, if you have any problem, come to the front. The purpose issue for you to confess, to ask Jesus to help you. I said, all right, I've been worshiping my God for so many years, and yet my father still wanted, you know, is going to be a bankrupt. So I said, I'll try this God. So I, I went, I walked to the house and go to in front of the, uh, the pulpit and the altar. So I knelt down at the altar and I prayed. I don't know how to pray, but I pray. <laughs> Nobody taught me how to pray. Yeah. I said, Jesus, uh, Jesus, help me. That is the only thing I can say. Mm-hmm. I don't know who Jesus is. I say, Jesus, help me. And, and you know that as an Asian, as a Chinese, as a Buddhist, it is very difficult for you to ask another God to help me. Yeah. But I, I tried Jesus. So I said, Jesus, help me. And that minute when I said, Jesus, help me, I was crying. Wow. I was crying like a baby and the Holy Spirit touched me. I do not understand, Brother Craig, what is uh, speaking tongue. Because in my religious, when you invite another spirit to come into your body, then you can speak and act like what this God is. We have a monkey dog, gods in our 
a religious. So when the monkey gods come into your body, you are going to jump, mm-hmm. and you you are going to be like monkey. So I saw it when I was in high school in Penang, Malaysia. Every month I went to temple to worship my god. So I went to one of the temple, and that that temple that that guru that guru or teachers invite the monkey god to come and give us some magic, meaning that. When you have it in your body, you are going to be peaceful and safe. And yet, I have it for years, and I never uh, feel peaceful. Uh, daddy, my dad bankrupt, and mom was upset, and I don't have money to further my study in Australia. So, what do you mean by blessing? So, I was so upset. So, I thought that okay, I tried Jesus. So that is when first time and the Lord touched my life. So I was I was crying like a baby, 21 years old. My mom told me. I mean, don't you ever be, you know, uh, like a, a girl. You know, you must be a man. Yeah. Never cry. Yeah. So it's <laughs> it's very difficult for a boy, twenty one years old, to cry. You know. Yeah. But I did wept like 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 a kid. You know, for a kid. Mm. So, but one thing is for sure, my tongue was twisted. I do not know what is speaking in tongue. I do not understand about Holy Spirit, and yet I I I accept Jesus as my savior that day. And a week later, I have a dream. This is my turning point in life because even though that I was the tongue was twisted, I, I kind of like a fifty-fifty, you know, because mm. I was then adopted to the temple. So I believe that the spirit is still struggling in my body, yes or no, you know, except Jesus law. And I dream a dream whereby I saw a Buddhist because I know the Buddhist because every month when I was a kid, I always went to a temple and meditate. When you meditate, you see the big, big statues, and you talk to him, and you meditate. And he and one of the men with a white coat, very very light. So this Buddhist run away, disappear. So I do not know who who is this man with a white coat, what you know, white robes. So I study the words of the Bible, and I finish study the Bible New Testament in three months time. I read I read every verse wow. every chapter. Hungry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was so hungry, brother. It's like, it's like eating chip. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So after that, so I and then I dream a dream after that dream, and I say, "Okay, Lord Jesus, I want to accept you as a savior." So I give the bad magic because I have a magic with me from the temple, mm. uh, my whole life, you know. So I give it back to the pastor, and I say, "Well, I want to accept Jesus as my savior. This is my God, and I do not believe it, and I want to be baptized, you know, in the mm. Jesus name." That's how I came to know Jesus in Newcastle. Oh, that is awesome! What a what a great testimony. That's powerful. Amen. So, so you came to the Lord in Newcastle. You you served the Lord here in Australia. Then ultimately, you ended up going back to Indonesia, and you were your pastor for a number of years. You were also general superintendent of Indonesia. Now I'm a I'm a vice superintendent. I used to be a superintendent. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Now, now, are you assistant superintendent now, or, or secretary? Or yeah, I'm assistant superintendent. Okay. So you've been you've been leading for a number of years uh, in the Indonesian church, and also throughout the region, traveling and and helping to establish the ch- the church in that area. What advice would you give to a young leader, someone who? maybe new to ministry, is wanting to get more involved and respond to the call of God, what what advice would you give them? Oh, wow. 
uh, I think that for if if I if I can go back to like your age or maybe thirty three years old, <laughs> but, but uh, I will have more faith in Christ. I think that Jesus is a great God. The day that when that I accept Jesus Christ as my savior, and I told you my dad was really bankrupt, and I prayed to Jesus, and uh, day by day and year by year, you know, the Lord blessed my family and blessed me also in a way. So uh, when I look back my life, I, I turned to 60 years old four days ago. So uh, when I look back, and I, we cannot see Jesus face in face like I see a big Buddha in the temple. But his hand is upon our life if we are willing to serve him. Mm-hmm. So as a young, young boys and young girls, when you come to the age of 30 years old, or 27, 28, you know, it's energetic. You talk, oh, I want to make money. I want to find a good job. And I want to establish a family. It's nothing wrong. But if you put God first, God will never forsake you. Amen. I explain it. I'm not talking about it. I'm not reading some books about uh, the truth of what Jesus can do in your life. But I, I, I experienced it. I experienced how the Lord blessed my life. Uh, mm. Amen. So I always believe that if once put God first in his life or her life, God will honor that. He will open up a door for you or for us, right? To go into what we want, but his will. So you, you, what you need and what you want is different. What mm. we need, God will bless us. But what we want, sometimes God will say that, okay, if this is good for you, then you have it. If not, you know, he will not give it to you. So I always believe that if we put God first and we love him and, and we are willing to serve him and he's going to bless us abundantly. Amen. That, that's so good to put him first in, in everything that you do. And, and, you know, not only have you served as the general superintendent, I know you're not currently, but you were for a number of years of Indonesia. You also pastor a thriving church in Jakarta and, and help with, uh, I believe you established a Bible school there as well. And on top of all of that, you you run a very successful business. I remember one of the first times I met you, uh, well, actually, when I traveled over to Indonesia to, to be with you, uh, the running joke was you had like three or four different phones and you, you were on one phone or another <laughs> phone and, and you're organizing all of these things. Uh, can you speak to the importance of having a strong work ethic as a leader? Because sometimes... Uh, you know, we want to get into leadership, but but maybe that worth work ethic doesn't match up with what God wants us to do. So, can you speak to the importance of being someone who works hard as someone uh, as yourself who who does work very hard? Uh, yeah, I think that uh, I think God give us a wisdom, and I would say a skill, and I do not have that, and I do not know that I have it. But one thing for sure is. I have a desire to love the soul and serve the Lord. Mm. So when I run a business, I always believe in the teamwork, meaning that, okay, I have a, I have a staff, right? But back then when I don't have a staff, I do it myself. So when I establish a little bit of business so I can hire a staff, then I will de- delegate some of the job for her or for him, right? And then uh, I, will, I will pray about every decision that I make. Let's say if I want to invest in this, I will pray and ask God 
to bless me. Lord, I want to buy this machine. Right? Can you help me? So you have to bring God into your life, mm. into your business, in your family. You cannot say that, okay, am I God? I will see God. I'm going to see you on Wednesday Bible study and Sunday uh, mm. Sunday service. No. In everything we do, we always acknowledge God and consult God and ask Him to be with us. You know? Amen. So we, we cannot do things like maybe a lot of people, they are, when they are successful, they forget about God. They do not serve God. I think that this is very wrong. So uh, I think that the, the key of the successful people is not that how much money they have, but how, how do your life, how do you give your life to Jesus and how, do you, how you please him. How, how the once people please the Lord is the most important thing. So you asked me a question, I got two, two, two or three handful. Sometimes, uh, you know, there was a, a little bit uh, fun and a bit difficult. But when I work, I will work. But when I serve the Lord, and I will serve the Lord. Okay, mm. For instance, for this pandemic, two, I think about two years now, every morning or every day, I give a six-minute sermon to the saints. So what I do, I can give my very last tired time to the Lord, or I can give my best uh, time for teaching, for sharing. I always do you know, the best mm. and try to do my best to do the God words. So every morning when I, some, some of them are a night, 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 night guy and some of them morning. So I, I, I wake up morning and I have a shower and I'm fresh. So I share the words of God and I read and I share. So I always believe that God, this is the best time that I give it to you. So after that, I will go to work. And then after that, I have a counseling and then planning. So I have, uh, I plan my time and I put some action on it, uh, Brother Craig. Mm. But God is going to bless us and give us some, some wisdom and some idea. So you, you plan out your days. Do you do that before you go to bed or you do that when, when you get up in the morning? I, I, I do that before I go to bed. Yeah. So you write out in the evening what you're going to be doing uh, throughout the next day. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. And then I always... Uh, put God first because uh, morning is the best time for me. So I always, you know, put God first and study or or, or, or sharing the words of God. Mm. So Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning, six o'clock, we have morning prayer. We used to have every day morning prayer, mm -hmm. but now we have three days. So every morning, I pray uh, for the saints, for the brother, for our church, you know, all this kind of thing. Yeah. And, and I just wanted to highlight that because it's important that we're intentional, especially with someone like yourself. I was saying earlier, you know, uh, in some countries, being general superintendent, that's the only job that they have, right? They're not pastoring a church. They're just general superintendent or they're uh, one of the, the national leaders. And then uh, other places, they're only a pastor or only a, a business owner or uh, uh, a business leader. But yet, you're all three. And I think it's important that we learn from you, you know, the, the sorts of things that you do in order to maximize your time, because you have the same 24 hours in the day that I have, you know, you have the same 24 hours in the day that anyone who's listening to this has. And yet it seems like you're able to maximize it. So. Okay. Uh, very good question. You, you give me a very, very hard question. <laughs> so what I think that even in a ministry, when you serve the Lord, 
if you compete with your brother or sister, like as, as a pastor, if you compete with a pastor and pastor, how good you are, then you are going to be distressed. For me to be a superintendent, and I always treat my other preachers, my other fellow workers, we are the same level. Mm. I always love them and give them opportunity and give them credit for what they have done. Mm. I remember when I was a superintendent, so in Indonesia, we have a 12 district. We have 540 churches. So what happened is, when I look at the 12 district superintendent, my heart was moved without any kind of a, a kind of dop. I know that God want me to do something. And then I, I pray, I say, Lord, they are so good. I cannot be like them in the village, in the jungle, in the mountain to be a preacher. How can I honor them? Mm. So if you honor other people, you are not going to be distressed. You are going to have a good teamwork with you. So Jesus was their feet. And I did the same thing for all my district superintendent. In the general conference uh, meeting, I bowed down my, uh, I, I really humble myself and wash their feet and appreciate them to be my team. So if you want to be a successful leader, you must have a teamwork. Don't always have a dream or have a desire. Let people praise you or say that you are good. If you have that kind of uh, attitude, then it is very hard for you to be a, a good leader. Mm. But if you give another of people opportunity, encourage them, say a good positive thing about them, then our organization, our leaders will be very good. So I think, how can I do that? I can't do it, but thanks God that God gave me a, a good knowledge to appreciate the district superintendent. Yeah. Because I cannot do all this, but great. Right, yeah, yeah. I, I, I give credit to my secretaries and, uh, and let, uh, Brother Larry and now he's a superintendent he used to be a treasurer I always honor them mm. I think it's a key if you honor other people you can have a good solid team to work together with you to go in front and to be successful Amen yeah it's important to to be a servant leader especially as Christians yes. You know, we're not going to be like that dominating person, but but we're trying to emulate Christ, and to be a, a servant leader is so important. That's really good. Uh, leading with humility yeah. and and always preferring your brother and encouraging them. Uh, I love that. What what's one of the uh, things that you struggle with? What what is one of the difficulties? Uh, what has been your biggest challenge when it comes to leading in so many different areas that you have over the years? Uh, I think in Indonesia, we have a lot of different culture. So the, the culture vary. Although we are Christian, but still have a different culture mm -hmm. uh, to, to penetrate. And I remember one of the pastors say that if Pastor Amin become a superintendent, I will quit from this organization. Oh, wow. <laughs> so as a, as a new superintendent elected, and you will think that, oh, who cares? He's only one of the pastors. But another person will say that, okay, I want to win him back to me mm. and let him know that not a superintendent just want to be people uh, credit me and glorify myself. So there are two ways that you can do. One is forget about him, let him go away. Or one is 
embarrass him and bring him back to you and support your, your leadership. So I put, I choose a second one. So I went to his church uh, evening and apologized if I did something wrong before I became a superintendent. But now I just want to let him know that I love him and I will work together with him. Mm. So this is different. This is the only uh, the difficult time that uh, you cannot please everybody Brother Craig, as right. a superintendent. Yeah. But you try your best to bring them back closer to you and let them know your intention as a superintendent. It's not to bring to give yourself a glory, but give Jesus a glory, then it then it will be good. Amen. So em- embrace those who who aren't really accepting of your leadership. The best way is not to drive them away or to forget about them, but to actually uh, address the issue and, and embrace them. Amen. No, no, no. So, so uh, as we've said, you've been a leader within the Apostolic Church in Indonesia, as well as the Asia region for a number of years. W- would you mind sharing with the listeners a bit about the Indonesian Church? We have a uh, a, a broad audience. We have people listening from Australia, from uh, North America even from Europe and parts of Asia, the Pacific. So they may not be fully aware uh, about the Indonesian church, its history, and the challenges that it faces. So would you mind sharing a little bit about it? We don't have to go into great detail, but just so they get a bit of an idea of of what the Indonesian apostolic church is like. All right. Indonesian is the biggest Muslim country in the world uh, because we have 250 million people. So Indonesian, uh, they believe, is about, 85% 85% are Muslim. So even in Saudi Arabia, I was there, and they don't have that kind of population. 200, 210 million people are Muslim. So wow. Indonesian uh, has the biggest Muslim country, but thanks God that our government uh, lately opened up a lot of doors for us to have a little bit of freedom, but yet it's not whole, whole freedom, but uh, to, you know, to believe our God. So mm. Indonesian have thousand, I think about six, seven thousand islands. So what happened is uh, we have a different, like in Australia or America, Texas and California, you know, and, and New York and all these kind of places. It's very similar and much culture, uh, same culture. But in Indonesia, it's very different. Put mm. it this way. Let's say that from Denpasa, Bali, everybody know Bali. A majority of them are Hindus, they believe uh, Buddhists, you know. So another place like uh, Manado, ninety uh, percent are uh, um, a Christian, you know. Wow. Like so, or Padang, Padang is in Sumatra, ninety percent are Muslim. Mm-hmm. So a lot of different areas have a different culture and extreme fanatic in their regions. So for us as a as a pastor as a leaders, we must understand their culture and try not to go into Padang, which is 90% of Muslim, and yell and shout about Muslim, you know, you're yeah. no good, cannot. We must be having a wisdom, a wisdom to do mm. that. Oh, like go to Bali. We cannot say, oh, when you worship Buddhist, you are going to hell. We know that they worship the idol, but we must be, you know, humble and love them and bring them. So Indonesia is a great country uh, overall. We have a good culture, very friendly and humble people. You know, of course there are there are handful of people are very arrogant and proud, but yeah. a majority of Indonesian people are very kind and very helpful. So, uh, it's a it's a beautiful country. 
So yeah. I think that uh, this is how the Lord bless Indonesia, uh, so many Christians now. And, and it's it's quite diverse, as you said. And because of all the different islands, I think that probably contributes to how there's different parts of Indonesia that, that seem to be quite different from each other because of just, you got an island over here, you got an island over there. Right, right, right. Yeah, I remember traveling there. Uh, I've been there a couple times, and you know, Bali obviously is quite. Uh, there's a lot of tourism there in Bali, and then Jakarta is like your your major city. That's where your base. That's where uh, you pastor a church in Jakarta, and then uh, I think we flew through Ambon and went into Salatiga, and you could just tell there there's such a difference in, in even in the atmosphere. Like I remember being in Salatiga, and it, it felt a bit dark. Um, you know, it seemed like there was a lot more, uh, like sort of Muslim control there, whereas Jakarta just seemed like a big city. So you had all these differing views and and, and different types of people. But it, it's, yeah, I think you'd have to actually visit Indonesia to get a good appreciation of what it's actually like. Right, right. But I think that you are very right, very right. And what we did in uh, about fifteen years ago, and thanks to Australia UPC. Uh, brother Down allowed Sister Ballet to come here and teach a Bible school. Mm. So can you believe it right now? We have 150 graduate from our church, right? Go over all Indonesia. So what I believe is I cannot be like Ambonese because I don't know their culture. Right. I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I may be insult them in the way that I'm, I'm doing because I don't know their culture. I might not know the, the uh, Batak from Sumatra, their, their way of life. Uh, their their character. So what we did is we have a Bible school and we invite all these different people and different children, different kids, right, to come into Jakarta and study the Word of God. So now there are hundreds of them. They went back to their own village to be a preacher or preacher wife. So this is one of the good things that are the great things that we want to appreciate. Australia UPC invest a lot of uh, kind of uh, money. And teaching, like Sister Ballet spent three years in Indonesia, in Jakarta alone, right? Yeah, the yeah. Teachers and so this is wonderful. I just want to say that this is the way that we do it together. Yeah, that's amazing. And she actually talked a little bit about that. I had her on the podcast, I think it was episode 37, where she talked a little bit about uh, the years that she spent in Jakarta and developing the Bible school. And she said on, on that episode, she said uh, she felt that that was like her greatest achievement was de- developing that Bible school for Indonesia because of, as you said, the impact that it, that it has had on the church there and how there's, you know, people coming there learning and then going and reaching the places that Pastor Amin can't go or Sister Blett can't go, but these individuals can come. And that's the power of, of Bible school. Right, right, right. Praise the Lord. Praise Amen. So as you said, it's one of the, well, it is not one of, it is the largest Muslim country in the world based on population. How have you been able to reach Muslims with the gospel? I just, I remember one time when I was there, there was a young lady who was at uh, one of the outreaches that we were having in Bali. And, you know, we were preaching there and, and wanting to see people filled with the Holy Spirit. And at the end of the service, she had a great touch from God, but she was just weeping after the service. And uh, Sister Blood explained to us the reason she was weeping is because she understood that if she was going to be a Christian, she would have to basically lose out on her family. Her family was going to kind of abandon her because of her conversion. Does that happen frequently? And, and how have you been able to reach the Muslim community in Indonesia? 
Yes. Uh, thanks to the Lord that we had, the Lord opened up the door. Uh, I think that the Muslim community is uh, the, the biggest challenge that for us to reach out to, you know, to witness to them. Unfortunately, there's an extreme Muslim in this country that uh, do not allow some other religious to share with them the words of God. Mm. But I can say that the Lord opened up the door and there are a lot of our Muslim brother and sister, they are hungry to seek the truth. So when we have opportunity, we can share with them. And I think that the most important thing is do not say bad things about their religious. Mm. Just love them and kind with them. And then they will get touched. I think the Holy Spirit will touch them. So if we go in and say that, oh, your religious are right. So it, it, won't, it won't do that way. So love them and help them if they need help. So they will come to Jesus. I think that that is the only thing that I can share. And uh, don't say bad thing about it. So we must be wise in a way to do that. Amen. I think that, 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 that yeah, that's what I can say. Share. Yeah. Yeah, wise as serpents and harmless as doves, right? Right, right, right. And, right, and being, right. you know, there's power in being a living epistle, you know, being that example of being a Christian and, and, and honoring God and them seeing that, seeing the fruits of your labors, and then that may open that door where, where they'll be open to you talking to them about Jesus. So you've been traveling all over Indonesia, all over the region for a number of decades now, being a, a leader over there. Would you mind sharing with us a testimony or uh, an experience that you had traveling? Yes. Uh, I remember I was in China and I've been baptized more than 100 people in China wow. and training uh, more than 100 leaders in China. Of course, it's all underground. So I remember uh, one day when I was, uh, because back then we don't have a handful, I had to use a public phone to call my wife. So when I talked to my wife and she said that uh, your daughter is not feeling well. So I said, oh, can I talk to her? And I said, oh, she said, yes. So when I talked to her, I said, uh, uh, I know, how, how are you, Hannah? Uh, she said that, that I'm, I'm not feeling well. And she said that, uh, when are you coming back? Wow. And <laughs> I, was, I was preaching and sharing you know, every day, teaching seven hours and six hours of Bible study. And then I just arrived three days and I have another 10 days to go. So my daughter was sick and, and, I, and, and I, I, I love her because she's my daughter. So, uh, and then I realized that as a missionaries, and when you, go, you went abroad, it's a big sacrifice. Mm. So since that day, I, I really appreciate the mission trip, trips team to visit Indonesia because I, know, I, I felt how they, how they feel when mm. they leave behind their parents and their kids and the family and yet serving the Lord. But having said that, like I said, that you put God first. So I pray, I say, Lord Jesus, may you touch my daughter. When I finish, I will go back. I know that you will take care of her. So God is good and he will really take care of my daughter and he was healed in another two days. Oh, wow. So uh, my experience is when you serve God, maybe the devil will come and attack you and give you some trouble. But again, have faith in him and love him and he will take care of us. 
So uh, this is what I want to share. I'm going to pray that uh, don't be afraid to serve the Lord. But 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 having said that, I didn't encourage you to be lazy. Mm. To be all right, I think God will take care of my business. God will take care of my job. But you are lazy. Uh, uh, that that that, that will. When you work in the office from nine o'clock to five o'clock, we were wholehearted. Mm. But after your work, you go back to a Bible study or weaknesses. Wholehearted, you know. Don't mix up and say that Pastor Amin said that. Oh, when you put office, <laughs> but <laughs> you must also be hard worker. Apostle Paul said that. You know, you you must use your own head to you know to, to mm. find to work. Don't don't rely on others. So I think that that is uh, what I want to encourage and say that. Yeah, my experience is uh, although that we have a lot of uh, problems and a lot of things that we say. Oh, should I serve God or should I work or should I take care of my my family? Or should I do this? But I think if you put God first and pray to God and ask Him to help you, He surely will. Amen. So have you had a lot of experience with the church in China? Oh, yes, certainly. I, I pray to hundreds of people to receive the Holy Spirit. Wow. Uh, how many times have and you even, traveled over there? How many oh, times? Every year, I used to travel at least three times a year, at least. Wow. That's amazing. And, and obviously, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, because of your Chinese heritage, you you speak fluent Mandarin and you're able to go over there and minister to them. Yes, yes. I was I was caught one day. The whole gathering was caught and the police came in, about 10 police. And then we were interviewed and they looked at me because I'm a Chinese. So they let me go. But one of the American brother, uh, he, of course, he's, he's American. And he was kind of like, caught for I think five hours. Oh wow. Then they leave. It's not easy, but it's a lot of fun when you think that. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, we could probably spend the whole episode just asking uh see if you could share with us stories from that. But I did want to get a couple more things b- before we finish up our time together. What excites you about the global church in twenty twenty two? We we've I like asking this question because we have faced a lot of difficulty over the last couple of years and especially Indonesia. I mean, you at one stage you turned your factory, you started producing caskets. Is that right? Because of all that was going on um, with the virus in Indonesia. So we've gone through a number of tough years, and we haven't really been able to gather as much as we would like, especially in Indonesia. Um, but I want to turn the page on that, and, and and let's look at more of the the positive side. What excites you about the church in twenty twenty two and and moving forward? Yeah, I think very great. Of course, that this pandemic really hit the whole world, and of course, Indonesia is one of them. Mm-hmm. So when we we can have two sides of the tokens, one say, "All right, so the church is going to be, you know, uh, online and things like that," but the other that you can see is perhaps that the devil is going to attack the church, but God opened up our eyes mm-hmm. to let us see that uh, through this podcast and online or whatever, we can be closer to each other. Although that we cannot see each other, but, you know, a meeting and a prayer meeting and all this kind of thing is going to bring us closer. So what I really encourage our brother and sister, don't be lazy. We have a time to, you know, worship God together on, on online, like, you know, let's do it together. Mm-hmm. So if we can physically uh, gathering, that is the best. But if not, we can still worship God and feel the presence of God and study the words of God. Amen. And we are, we are, we can be a stronger and stronger. Amen. 
I like to ask this question to uh, almost everyone who comes on the podcast. What drives you when it comes to ministry? What is it that is that driving force for Pastor Almain when it comes to uh, ministry? I think, uh, I was brought up, like I told you, I was brought up uh, from a Buddhist family. What drives me to be exciting and the excitement still, you know, in my heart is I think that Jesus is too good to me. Mm-hmm. He blessed me and he never forsake me. I, like I told you, I, ne- I cannot see Jesus like I see you praise. Like, but every time when I'm in difficult times, his hand is upon me. And okay, just now you mentioned about a casket. Two years ago, I was so worried. I was not worried about myself first. I was worried about the church members. How are they going to live? I just want to give you a testimony. Mm-hmm. So I have a, a burden. For two months, I would stay at home and, you know, we, we are, uh, our pandemic is worse than in Australia. So I, I spent some time with my wife and then suddenly, and I felt that I must go to church and pray for each, every saint from the Bible school, from the uh, Sunday school kids until the old age, you know, auntie and uncle. Mm. Hey, Lord, I need to go to the factory. Again, you know, where are you going to put God first? So I, I, I choose the first one. I, I go to church and pray. Every morning, and I pray for the saints, for the Sunday school kids. Even the Sunday school kids' name, we pray and pray for the global churches, our Indonesian GPSD. Wow. So when you do that, right, and God is going to honor you, what happened is I have an opportunity to produce a casket for our government. And I was interviewed by six, I think, no, not six, 10 TV, TV, you know, company. Why I am so dumb as a furniture manufacturer, you want to open up a casket factory. I say, I'm not changing my profession or business. I'm just adding another line to produce casket to help the government. Mm. So when I look back now, two years only, you know, gone, we produced 23,000, 23,000 casket for our government. So they say that if our company, our factory do not produce, nobody can help that number because we are using a machine. But having said that, when you do 1,000, you know how to save the materials. You know how to do cheaper so you can make a little bit of money on it. So I think that God is good in whatever way. And when you have a desire to serve other people, and God will bless you in turn. Amen. So why drive me is I can see that the Lord Jesus Christ always help me and bless me and guide me and lead me in a difficult time. Mm. I'm, I'm not closing the factory. I'm, I'm doing a bigger because of the casket line. Yeah. Of course, that I add a few, you know, that is what I want to say. So why drive me is the Lord is so good in my life that I cannot pay him back. I always tease other people. I own Jesus so much. So yeah. I have, I must pay back. How do we pay back? Of course, to serve him. Amen. That's what I must. That's so Amen. good. Yeah. And, and you can see through, you know, you're, you're one of my favorite people. Anytime I'm around you, you just bring so much uh, joy and energy to conversation. Um, just, just love being with you and, and your wife. And I'm so grateful that you set the time aside this evening to talk with us. 
we had a couple of mishaps at the beginning, but it's so great that we were able to get this together. And so, Pastor Amin, I want to thank you for for taking time to be with us here today. I like to I like to finish off uh, all of these uh, conversations by giving my guests the opportunity to share a word with the listeners, something that God has laid on your heart specific for the podcast. So, Pastor Amin, if you wouldn't mind uh, sharing with the listeners something that God has given you for the podcast. All right. I, I just want to encourage our brother and sister, our friends, right? Uh, do not lose your faith in God. Jesus is a good one. So spend some time. I always say that 10 minutes a day, right? Not much. You spend at minimum, right? 10 minutes a day to talk to Jesus and, and, and read his words. When you read the Bible, don't force yourself, but enjoy it. When you listen to the preaching, don't say that, oh, I'm a Christian. I want to listen. No, but you enjoy it. When you sing and listen to the worship of God, you just enjoy it. And then you are going to see your life will be transformed. And you're going to see that your life will be blessed. So Jesus is your dear friend. So treat him like your friend. Talk to him in a good time and praise him you know, in a good time and pray to him in a bad time. So I just want to encourage that. Please, you know, bring Jesus in your life like your friends. And secondly, uh, Brother Great, and I always encourage that you find a good pastor and a godly pastor that can lead you to the truth and love the Lord. We have only one God, not three gods. The, the Muslim uh, brother and sister do, uh, don't like a Christian because they always think that we have three gods. But this is wrong. So we have only one God. So have a good pastor to lead you or elder, elderlies, you know, to help you to, 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 to be mature in in your Christian life, and then you are going to have a lot of blessing and enjoy your life. So serving Jesus is not a sad life or miserable life. It's in turn serving Jesus is a joyful life. So don't give up and live for Jesus and love him. Yeah? And love the brother and sister. Love those people in your neighbor, and you're going to see a lot of blessing and a lot of fun in your life. Can I pray? Oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Please pray. Okay. okay, dear Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord Jesus, for this wonderful time together. Lord, may you bless me. I pray that, uh, that he has a good heart to serve you and to invite a lot of different people to encourage our brother and sister. And I pray for our brother and sister that are listening to the podcast. Bless them, Lord Jesus. Be with them. If they have a lot of problems in their life or difficulty, Lord, you are able to solve that problem and to open up the door. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, if they have a problem in their family, their marriages, Lord, managers, Lord, bless them and help them that they can have a good family and their job and the business uh, growing for us. Lord, because you love them and your hand is upon them. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We love you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And we pray for Australia. We're going to see Australia and all over the whole world accept Jesus as a Savior. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.